0: Hello everyone, welcome to the For Us, By Us podcast by the Black Girl Community Hub. We are seven girls from the UK and we will be covering a range of topics from colorism to the black girl experience in hip-hop and everything in between. My name is Samantha. My name is Shauna. And we'll also be joined by a special guest today. We have Stush and Cookie from the Cookie Crew. Hi. Episode one will be presented by I, Samantha and Shauna. And today's topic covers black women in music. So I'd just like to welcome Cookie and Stush quickly. Um, Just to kickstart the episode, I'll just ask if you'd kindly like to introduce yourselves, tell us your background and what drove you to pursuing a career in music. Anyone of you can start first.
1: Young lady, I think you should go first.
0: Oh, me?
2: <laughs> Thank you, Cookie. Um, hi, I'm Stush. I'm a dancehall-influenced rapper. Um, after hearing Tanya Stevens um, in the late 90s, that really pushed me to go into music as a female, doing something that is, you know, mainly done by men, you would say. Um, I was listening to a lot of artists like Budger and Beanie Man and trying to copy their styles and everything. But when I heard Tanya Stevens, I knew that I could do it. So that's what really pushed me forward. And um, I've just always loved music and performing. So I always knew I'd be a performer.
1: Hi, I'm Cookie, formerly of the um, Cookie Crew from South London. Um, my career began obviously as a hobby back in the very early 80s. and um, all stemmed from growing up in a household where we you know our parents are from the west indies so we grew up and listening to reggae soul funk soca everything was kind of like music orientated and you know growing up together there was this thing in us where we wanted to be we wanted to be singers initially and that was never going to be an option for us and then we discovered rap in the late 70s i would say it was and kind of like from there we it kind of latched onto us or we latched onto it and we just created this whole thing about at at that point we didn't even know what's called hip hop it was rap so us being from south london we created this little group of girls where we went around just hanging out and just enjoying music and just the lifestyle of it and then eventually things just kind of happened one after the other all organically we had no clue about the music industry how it works our minds wasn't even in that lane because we listen to music at home and on the radio so that was our thing
3: nice nice well question for cookie you mentioned the genres that you grew up with do you have any black women that inspired you in music as well when growing up
1: oh absolutely um i think as well growing up for us we had a lot of inspiration from us artists because that's what was obviously pushed on radio barely some things on the tv but obviously artists from from the Caribbean territories as well. But in, you know, in the US, we, we, we love people like Anita Baker. Um, she was one of our key ones, but everything. We grew up listening to Gladys Knight, Dinah Ross, all the all the early, early, early R&B. Yeah, the very early R&B stuff. And even some of the UK um, soul that was happening at the time, like Loose Ends. Um, yeah, we yeah very influenced by female and male as well, obviously.
0: So we're just going to jump straight into it. Um, So I'm a big hip hop and rap fan. Um, I know that rap is considered one of the most influential art forms to date and continues to evolve. Um, I know that when you look back in history, rappers of that time tend to keep it like light and real fun, you know, talking about the environment and stuff. But as the genre became more commercialised, um, the lyrics have become more about material things, of or even of a sexual nature, um, and I think for women it's even worse because it feels. It's argued that women have to sell sex in order to get a look in. Um, I just wanted to ask, what do you agree, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's your
1: question, um, if it's one thing that era that we grew up in. Um, it was nothing to do with showing flesh. Um, for us, it was all about the music and the, the people that inspired us, the artists that we looked up to, they were what I'd put in the mature bracket. So this whole thing about, you know, women have to, um, rap about a certain thing or act in a certain way. Back in the early 80s, it wasn't about that. And we, we also sort of like place ourselves like alongside the guys. We wanted to be better than the guys. So. Our things, we, the thing was we have to come correct. We have to dress correctly. Um, we have to present ourselves correctly. Our local content was all, you know, back then there was a lot of like happy rap. Things were great. There was, you know, we weren't talking about drugs, violence, all the, all the kind of things and, and topics that are discussed now. It really wasn't on our plate because it wasn't our lived experience. So it was all about, um, yeah, just having a good time. And there were, you know, there was a point in our career where we were always quite political about certain things. And those are things that we kind of grew up up with so we made sure that we implemented certain lyrics within our within our songs we made yes we made happy raps but we were also sort of like want to make sure that we had like a conscious element to it as well because as females we wanted to ensure that our female fans the ones that looked up to us that we were setting a good example for them so yeah things have changed drastically and I think by the time we stopped performing um you know, gangster rap was coming in. And yes, we were heavily into that. And the gangster rap that we were hearing from the US, they were talking about their own lived experience. It wasn't happening for us in the UK, but we appreciated their subject matters and we appreciate the music. But it's always been um, like a, a battle or women always questioned about who they are, um, you know, h- how they expect us to kind of present ourselves. But we've never been on that kind of, that sexy side of the industry because it wasn't the era that we grew up in
2: think yeah just following on from cookie that well my name says it all stush so (laughs) from the get-go I wasn't interested in any of that and coming from a dancehall background I mean you'd hear people like Lady Saw I never I I didn't latch on to that side of things that wasn't for me do you know what I mean it was always about you know I've got to walk and hold my head up high and like my family need to know that yeah, if I'm walking down Shepherd's Bush, people aren't going to be saying to my mum and dad, "Oh, we saw your daughter doing this." It was a it was a respect thing. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think nowadays because people have seen women get far by not wearing a lot of clothes and being able to dress a certain way, and you know, get catapulted to the top of the charts they think that they have to follow suit. And um, it's not like that, you know, you can actually do music. And if you've got the talent, you can go clear. But I do feel that it is, it can be harder. It can be harder for you. Like I've had people like who know me, like when I'm doing a video, say to me, do you know what, Stush? Why don't you try and dress like them other gal? You're a bit too covered up, you know, like, come on, you need to show some flesh. And I'm like, why am I going to do that? I've been in the industry nearly 20 years and now all of a sudden I should start going against what I stand for and you know so that's where I agree with Cookie like when I came out I was like I want girls to look at me and say yeah I want to be like her like have that respect for themselves. you don't consciously go into it being a role model but you can end up being a role model you know so I have to think about those things but yeah that's my that's good that's
1: very positive Um... And refreshing especially you being younger than me as well um, and I guarantee that you are <laughs> but um yeah your music should speak for itself and for us that whole sexuality was never never a part of our agenda it wasn't even in our thoughts because we were just there for the music and the scene and also the the, the guys that we used to hang out with they respected us and they they um, looked out for us um, whenever we walked into a space they made sure they protected us so yeah. we always carried ourselves in a manner where we kind of commanded respect and as we our career kind of grew it became more of an important element of us being women and it wasn't because well if we do this and we're going to get X x y and z it's like this is just that's just the way we were raised exactly. like you said you walk down the road if you have somebody a family friend see you on the street they're going to report back but like, it just wasn't it, it just wasn't, wasn't you'd be it. lucky Yeah, you'd be lucky if you saw our elbows come on and that is how i was
2: raised <laughs> as well Yeah. I mean, you hear so many horror stories. I watched that BBC documentary the other day about women and the the industry and things happening to them. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed that I was around. Like Cookie said, I had when I walked into a room, guys respected me. I came out in the garage scene. They were like, that's my sis. It wasn't none of this, me going to studio and guys trying it. It was like, yo, that's Stush. We respect her. When she's around, we got to protect her. And that's how it's been from I stepped in the scene, you know. So I've been very lucky, but I also carry myself a certain way as well. So it's Mm -hmm. like, don't mess about. I'm not Mm -hmm. not here for that. It's about the music and my performance and that's it. Bye.
1: And in saying that you know we 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 adore artists like little Kim because she's just she's just rough so it it doesn't matter what she does what she puts on her music actually complements that yeah so there are there are exceptions but yes yeah she's unique I can only put my hand on that
3: thank you do you think that social media plays a part into all of this as well because obviously you know how we can follow each other how we can like each other's status now on you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Obviously, it feels like there are certain girls getting influenced by other girls. One hundred percent. I
2: mean, social media plays a huge part. Uh, look, Cookie Crew, Stush, people before us—we were doing major stuff, but no one knew about it because you didn't have the the phone to document everything and upload it straight away. So there's people that may have never heard of me and they're thinking oh we don't know who is she don't know what I've done but I've done loads same with cookie do you see what I mean so but you've got people pushing a certain lifestyle and me and my friends laugh about it all the time have you seen that person on on Instagram going on like that the life is good and it's a lie but you've got young people who are easily influenced looking at that and going my god I really like I really want to get those. I really, I really want to be like that. I really, and it's a lie. It's not even real,
1: yeah. you know. And you've
2: got a whole load of people following that. So social media. I mean, look, there's always, you know, two sides to everything. The internet and and technology is amazing, but on the flip side, it can also be very bad and damaging as well. And I think, yeah, it plays a huge part in 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 this social media yeah. is huge you don't even have to have a song out you could go on there and blow your nose and you're getting a million likes you know it doesn't even make sense What what about the music it's not about the music music is everything now
1: yeah i'm glad i came up in the analog era i should you know i appreciate the era. whole thing of of technology now and people have access to things immediately um but it is kind of scary and i feel I feel kind of when I see the exposure or the way people are exposing themselves on social media, because it's not my world. I kind of like gasp. It's like, would I ever have the confidence to do that? And I know I never will. And uh, you know, it's 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 quite scary when when artists are just putting themselves out there and getting the likes and you know getting all the attention. But what is the end goal? Does it translate into sales? In some cases, it does because there are obviously obsessive fans and, and followers that are into it and you know but there's a, a side to the whole social media thing that I kind of I want to respect because this, this is a different generation completely different generation this is this is where they go to this is their you know it's their foundation it's all they know you know they've never picked up a record and put a needle on a record and played it it's just like if it's on social media um it's, it's 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 quite scary, but I appreciate that it's a it, a lot of these platforms. They are marketing. There are marketing platforms, and that's what they're there for. But it's gone to a whole another level, and it's just you know, I can't keep up. I can't yeah. keep up. But I appreciate what it's doing and the access it's allowing for young people to communicate.
0: Great. You both spoke about how you were you were very protected by your male counterparts, which I think is a very fortunate story because um as Stush was talking about the BBC documentary that recently that was recently released about the level of abuse that women have suffered in in the industry but I mainly wanted to ask with as being a rapper in a male-dominated industry did you ever feel like you had to constantly prove yourself to be taken seriously because there were some men that just didn't want to hang out with you because of you because you're being a woman or I'm talking as a rapper like for me sense. it was
1: for us it was kind of like the total opposite um I think we was embraced from an early age and I think that's because the way we um h- how we came on the scene we came on with a purpose we came on uh, we showed ourselves in a light that we are professional um we love music and we also wanted to be accepted within you know, the whole community and the culture of the scene that was happening. It was a very small scene. Um and the hub was like central London, um, a spot called Covent Garden where all the breakers, the poppers and all the rappers, we all used to meet down there at the weekends. And that was like that was our playground. That was our stomping ground. That was the meeting point for anything if we were gonna, you know, meet central London, jump on a train, go up to Birmingham, Manchester, Nottingham, Wolverhampton, there was scenes happening there. So we connected to those. And we'll find that we'll be on a train or a coach or just like running around London and you look around it's like it's just just me and and Susie, just two girls and there were a handful of other females that were on the scene as well that were kind of like on the outskirts and um, part of the scene but they weren't necessarily rappers or dancers or anything but it was a very very small select few that we really we moved like a family Um, and that's not to say that we you know there was rivalry between certain areas north London south London east west there was always like who's the best type thing but when we came together in central London and we hit those clubs, or we went out of town. It was nothing but love. So we've been asked that question since the '80s. Like it's a male-dominated industry. How do you feel? And like you know, you're good because you're girls. Like no, we're good because we're good. You know, we're doing what we do. Um, there would always be someone that would try to knock you down or criticise you. But we didn't take that on board, and it it didn't stop us. It didn't stop us from achieving what we wanted to achieve. Basically, it's just you got to do you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When I, I remember just once when I, before my first song came out and I was trying to say to someone, hey, I rap, I do this dance thing. And they laughed in my face. And then a few months later, they never laughed again because my song blew up and just tore down the whole place. And then they started begging me to come to their studio and work on their stuff. So that was the first and last time that someone laughed at me. He was a male <laughs> Same with Cookie, I just got embraced. Like my very first show was Garage Nation at Bagley's, which it doesn't exist anymore, but it was like about two and a half thousand people. And I looked like I was 12 years old. Everyone just thought, my God, this little girl with the voice. And I walked in and there was a crew there called Pay As You Go. And I remember I walked in and another um, jungle MC called Creed and they were like, sis. And that was it. It's been like that ever since and yeah i mean when i go back to back with some of the guys in grime we just it's that typical thing in hip-hop in dance. Or you are a performer you're an artist you want to be the best so you you come with that but that is as that's as far as it goes when i'm on the mic with guys we're just putting that hard graft and see who comes out on top and that's it but there's never been anything like oh she's a girl that like cookie said they couldn't deny that cookie crew was good you couldn't deny that stush was good and i think when they know you've got your certain caliber they're all right with you it's when you people feel like you're not even talented how did you even get to this point then it's kind of like everyone starts having a, a bit of an issue with you yeah. you
1: know and, and and mainly the questions always came from that question about being a female male-dominated industry and all that kind of nonsense it mainly came from like journalists when you have an interview so how do you feel being a woman in rap it's like I don't feel anything I <laughs> can just get up and do it so yeah it was it was cool I think we managed it there may have been like small elements there there was a bunch of guys or a crew that didn't like us for whatever reason, because it was hip hop, that's what you did. That's how yeah. we evolved, you know, rivals, having battles. And, you know, you're standing in that corner of your crew, you're the best, but whether you're male, female or not, you know what, your talent kind of spoke for itself. And then, you know, we had a few, in fact, there was a handful of people that, that didn't like us, like male, and they would come and they'd come screw face at the jam and what kind of stuff. But then when you're up there performing, you kind of see them in the audience, like, so, Cookie, you're all right. You know, you're alright. It's like, yeah, of course we're alright. <laughs> yeah, won't <laughs> come in to hurt no one. Yeah. But yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. I think it's all part of um, it's all part of growth and evolving. If you didn't have that person telling you, or that crew or that entity saying or judging you and criticizing you, when we got those criticisms, when we used to get them regular, we'd get home, pen to paper, practicing, sort of like home in our craft to make sure when we step back out there, no one ain't missing it
3: exactly nice and that's why I highly respect both of you guys because I can tell just by this podcast you have the confidence and you have the talent as well you know not to back down just because a guy told you you're not good at doing what you're doing no thank you you know what I mean so that's what I highly respect um I have another question for both of you guys um adding on to what you said if you had the power as a black woman to change anything about the music industry what would you do there's
1: a lot to change <laughs> wow there's a lot to change in the way we're a process of changing but we only started last year to change it because the industry got pulled up so we've got a lot of work to do we're helping them change things but it's not going to happen overnight um yeah. but you know last year and this year moving forward is, is is a time where the industry and people of color are going to be paid attention you're yeah. going to get those jobs right so you young people you're in a good position because when you come out of whatever studies and whatever media um you want to go into you stand a better chance of getting that interview getting through the door and actually securing a job because there's no reason why you shouldn't have had it in the first place and that's from like my generation above and slightly below people are suddenly getting hired and their titles are changing like everything happened in six months so yeah it happened so that means it could have happened in the first place but as an industry um that that whole bias thing is going on and they're gatekeepers they didn't want us in there And I'm telling you now, they did not want us in there. They do not want us as their equal. They don't want us earning the same wage packets as them. Um, And us as a community as well, we're quite free with giving out our intellectual property and sharing. Come in. Yeah, this is what our music, this meet this, this, and they sit and they study it. They study it, study it, and they go and sit in those boardrooms. They kill it in their conversations. They get hired and they become the head of our culture. And that has to stop.
2: I mean, Michelle Escoffrey just got appointed, um, is it director at PRS for music, I think. So it's already starting. I was on uh, one of these panels with her before and literally within a couple of months, she was then director and it was about the same question that you just asked. So things are, are changing slowly and we're getting jobs, not just in the bottom tier now, we're getting jobs, across the board going all mm-hmm. the way up in entry the, in-
1: level and above because right. you know they are deserving there's no reason why they shouldn't have had titles in the first place and that's what's that's what's been sort of like anger in the industry and particularly the industry that I should say the company that I work in uh just in general across all the labels it's it, it's changing yeah. but it's it's a long time
0: coming I just want to quickly fit in this question and it's mainly directly to Stush but Cookie you can also provide your thoughts. So we're talking about changes in the industry and you know there's been a discussion of colorism in the music industry and I know that you Stush collaborated with Lioness and Little Sims and a few other female rappers on a song called DBT which is abbreviated for Dead Black Ting and which lightly addresses those type of issues. I just wanted to ask what was the initial reaction that you received, and what are also just your general thoughts surrounding colorism, or you know, dark skin, black women not being marketable enough or um or desirable.
2: So the reaction we got, um it was weird because it seemed like people were happy to hear it. They were definitely happy to hear it. But I remember when I'm um, talking to Lioness and a couple of the girls, it was like, rah. The guys just put out a tune, talking about the normal stuff, shooting each other, the valley, the bando, how many gyal, whatever, 100,000 views in a day. Us, with me, Shiesty, Lady Leisha, Sims, Queenie and Lioness combined, we couldn't even hit, like, 50,000 views. Mm-hmm. And this was about something that was crucial. Like, it needed to be spoken about. And I just thought, I just... <sighs> Things trend. So I've been talking about this colorism thing for years. If you listen, I always drop it into certain of my lyrics from from years ago, from the beginning of my career. But it got to the point where I felt like black and colorism was trending for the past couple of years. So everyone jumps on it. The Mm. media jumps on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about colorism, but when it actually comes down to it and the people going through it are talking about it, you actually don't care, (laughs) And, and that's what I felt. So, yeah, like black women loved the tune, we got really positive feedback. But, like I said, when you see the numbers, it doesn't add up, do you know what I mean? And we were just like, but it wasn't about the numbers to be fair, but we wanted people to hear it. You need to hear this message um I myself coming through I had done a magazine interview back in the day and they turned around and said to me my skin was too dark to um <laughs> no, they didn't to put on the in the magazine um because they couldn't put the font over my skin tone so I was like well use white white font like what are you talking about do you know what I mean? And I, I had things where like they'll do my makeup and try and make my eyes look really, you know, like change my features in, in things. And I'd be like, I remember R.I.P. Tabi T, we were on the same label together and he was like, Stush, because I, I couldn't see in the mirror at the time. The makeup artist finished my face and he was like, Stush, you don't even look like yourself anymore. Like, what are they trying to do? So I had things like that, you know. And I mean, a lot of the time, people, when we talk about colorism, it's mainly at, on the side of dark skinned women being, you know, persecuted. But at the same time, light skinned women go through the same thing because people think it's only like only dark skinned women that go through it. Light skinned women go through the, uh, the other side where people think, oh, well, she only got through because she's light skinned. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, wow, I've got all shades in my family. So, I only really started really getting introduced to this whole colorism thing when I got into the industry. And then I started realizing, wow, this is mad. Like you actually, like I used to be a dancer and I remember I I nailed this audition and everyone was like, wow, you got to pick Stush for this audition. And the funny thing, it was for a show called Blackface 2000. And they went around picking the people in, in the thing. And I, and I didn't get picked. And pe- when I say people were outraged that I didn't get, not even for themselves, they were like, how can you not pick her? And she's black as well. And everyone who got picked was lighter and they weren't necessarily better than me. So that outraged people as well. And that was in 2000 when I was coming through as a dancer. So it's been happening all along. Do you know what I mean? But like I said, it's on both sides. A lot of people think it doesn't happen to light-skinned women but it does so we and and that's the whole trick as well of dividing us up Mm. like there's all different shades of black my my dad's from Jamaica we always say out of many one people there's all different kinds of people in in my family so we don't see that thing but other people do and it's sad and it's time that it 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 stops it has to change I just want everything to come down to talent if you're good (laughs) you're good I have no issue with you you can be yellow pink blue I don't really care but if you're going to get a job over me because your skin tone may be lighter or darker or whatever, I'm not here for that. Mm. You know, I'm wow. just
1: not here for that. was a journey. <laughs> that was a yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like an age old thing, isn't it? And we kind of, you know, back in, again, going back to the early days of being in the US, that was a big thing, like light skin, dark skin. We, d- we didn't understand it because we just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't on our plate, you know, growing up. Yeah, in school sometimes I be, get called you know red skin bitch just like and it's like but you're my friend what are you saying are you but it was just a thing in it that was something that was said growing up or high yellow and all that nonsense and we you know want to crush that thing but the industry we know the industry um got this thing about light like, skin dark skin and what's pal- palatable and what all this kind of bullshit. and like you said it should be down to the talent um and also I think within us as a people we 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 have maybe have fueled some of that by criticizing each other, so that's what's happened, and I think the industry has been picked up on that and it's it's just it's, it's 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 a mess, but I think there theres definitely healing happening, even though I know there was something quite recent with um who's that artist I like I love Ray black, other artists, and she goes through the orchard, Sorry, my brain's not good at the best of times, but I think she's absolutely brilliant. Can't remember her name but come to me and I will remind you all um but they're talented as hell talented as hell but you kind of sit and you know what the industry is going to go for yeah you know what the industry is going to what they're going to push right that the person with the darker skin the music is far better can sing can do what's necessary but it's that palatable visual thing it's this ignorance it's complete and utter ignorance
3: thank you for both of your applies, but unfortunately we have to end the podcast now oh. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was getting a bit into it there do you know what I mean yeah who, um, who done
1: so? who done paying black girls M- oh,
3: yeah. that's the
1: girl she yeah. is dope yeah. that's all I'm saying
3: we appreciate both Stush and Cookie thank you for bringing your time for us today anywhere where we can follow you to check on your music
2: yes um, I'm on Instagram Stush_UK, underscore UK and I'm on Twitter same thing and my music's on YouTube um, YouTube Spotify and Apple Music and all other platforms as well. You're just typing stush, and I'm I'm there. So yeah,
1: I'm gonna find you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my handle is just my name, Cookie okay. Price.
3: Cookie Price, okay. And thank you to the audience that have tuned in today. We appreciate you taking your time out as well. If you want to follow us, you can check us at the hashtag for us by us pod. So that's F O R B Y U S P O D with a hashtag. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy episode two.